The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We're catching up with two of daytime's hottest leading men. Aren't you sad it's just radio? Today on Soap Central Live. What's happening this week on your favorite soap operas? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, recaps, and interviews with your favorite daytime stars. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. Thank you so much for taking time out to listen to our weekly discussion about anything and everything soap. It is, by looking at the calendar, Friday, May 30th. This is our last show of May 2014. Five months in the can. We're almost halfway through the year. I don't know where time has gone. We're also now less than a month away from the 41st annual Daytime Emmys. Of course, coming up here on Soap Central Live on June 20th, which is the Friday right before the Emmys, we'll have our annual Daytime Emmys prediction show this week, or this year, we're going to be having a different bit of experts on our panel. We'll have from Dave Time Confidential, Jamie Giddens, and from Soaps in Depth, Richard Sims will be here. There may also be some surprise guests. Of course, that is all leading up to the big red carpet. I'll be all gussied up and joined by General Hospital's Haley Pulos and Days of Our Lives' Chriselle Staus. We'll be interviewing your favorite daytime stars. We'll be causing trouble, hopefully not getting kicked out of the Emmys. And, of course, there's always the fashion wrap-up, which is usually a, a YouTube viral sensation in a good way, not in a bad way. So that's all that's coming up. And of course, also coming up, if you saw this on Twitter, something I'm really excited about, we're going to be having the Bold and the Beautiful's head writer and executive producer, Bradley Bell, with us in a couple of weeks. We haven't nailed down the date just yet, but I'm really looking forward to that. I think that'll be a great show. And we also have a really fascinating show for you today. We're going to have a wide range of discussion topics coming up in just a few moments to talk with us. David A. Gregory will be here to talk about life after One Life to Live. And then up in the second half, Kiko Ellsworth will be here to talk about the inspirational work he's been doing to help victims of domestic violence. I'm looking forward to talking to him about that. And of course, I'm always looking forward to talking to you guys. So if you'd like to be part of the show and you're listening to our live broadcast, you can call in with your questions and comments to 866-472-5788. Again, the number is 866-472-5788. If for some reason you can't make it to the phone, you can still be part of the show by joining us on social media. Media, head over to Twitter and tweet us at Soap Central. You can also hashtag Soap Central Live. I will look for your comments and questions and try to read them on the air whenever possible. And you can also go to our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash Soap Central. There's a live discussion thread there. You can do the same thing. Post your comments and questions. I'll do my best to get to all of them. But of course, in order for you to have anything to comment on, we need to get this show 
off the ground. So what do you say we just get started with this week's show? Because my first guest this week managed to turn a short-term recurring stint on One Life to Live into a multi-year contract. But since One Life to Live ended on January, I believe it was the 13th, maybe, 2012 on ABC, David A. Gregory has been seen in primetime, and you can catch him for a limited time on the stage. He's here today to talk to us about a whole bunch of different things. David, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hey, Dan. How are you? I am doing great. Uh, I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I want to talk with you today, but I want to let people know who are listening. There was a little mix-up earlier in the week, David. I don't know if you saw this, but (laughs) I may have accidentally tweeted the wrong Twitter user, and some folks thought that David Gregory, the host of Meet the Press on NBC, would be here. <laughs> it's all right. I'm, so, sure he was, uh, I'm sure he was, you know, flattered thinking that maybe he was going to be on your show, and and uh, you were excited about the possible guest that everybody was excited about, and and now uh, now we've got everything solved. I, I, and with that, though, I'm I'm not sure, but there may be some people who've turned into Soap Central Live expecting to hear some hard-hitting discussion of current events, so I'm going to humor them. I've adjusted this week's rapid-fire round in a way that only I can, so if you're ready to get into this week's show, David, I'm ready to get started. Let's do it. All right, so earlier in the week, we found out that 103 floors up, 1,353 feet in the air, the sky deck ledges on the Willis Tower in Chicago. People know it better probably as the Sears Tower, but it cracked. It started crumbling as people were standing on this glass ledge perched above the city of Chicago, and I posted about it on, on Facebook and Twitter and found that a lot of people are afraid of heights. Are you uh-huh. one of them? Are you a, a thrill seeker? You know, Would you be all right with, with standing that high up in the air? I think I am okay. I don't think I've ever had any trouble with that in the past. And now there's always something that could be, you know, there's something in the future that could happen. But I, I can tell you, I took this this Superman ride last year. They had this harness at this carnival. They pull you up 250 feet in the air and they drop you down face first. And then it sort of swings you forward as if you're flying. And I was sort of dared into doing it. I've never done anything like that before. And I was like, eh, I don't know if it's my thing. I did it and I absolutely loved it and I'd do it again. So I think if that answers your question, not only do I like heights, I don't mind being dropped from them either. <laughs> but you had to be dared into it, so you didn't always know this about yourself. I didn't. In fact, when I was a kid, I was never the, the kid that went on roller coasters or did anything like that, only out of theory. It was just like, oh, I, that just looks like something I wouldn't like. I'm too scared to try it, you know, 10, 12, 13 years old. And it turns out I've been missing out on something I actually would have liked a lot. <laughs> Well, you know, there is no time like the present. I know that at Six Flag Great Adventure in New Jersey, they now have the world's tallest free fall. It's one of those elevator drop top yeah, rides under <laughs> King Dakar. Uh, it's not open, I don't think, just yet. It may be in, in previews or what have you, but that sounds yeah. like a good time. Oh, it sounds like a great time. I'd be all over that. Absolutely. That's that's on my destination for some summer travels. But one of the other things that came up, talking about summer, people like to have picnics, they like to have cookouts. There was an item in the news that, you know, and we look at pictures, and you may not be interested in this. However, it's chocolate fried chicken. I, I don't know if you eat junk oh. food at all. Uh, oh, okay, so apparently you do. <laughs> chocolate fried chicken, let's talk about it. What do we think? 
Well, I think it's okay. I mean, look, here's the deal. Uh, there's a time and a place for everything. I, I think with some rare exceptions, I'll try anything once. But um, because of the novelty of chicken and waffles, which I discovered I is also... It's, uh, for some reason, the sweetness of the syrup with the waffle combined with, with the texture of fried chicken, it's not just chicken, it has to be fried, really something. And so I'd be up for the chocolate fried chicken. It also depends on how much the chocolate, how chocolatey it is, I guess. No, it does, because, you know, you immediately think of maybe like a a Hershey bar, but then there's also the other side of maybe it's just cocoa, so it doesn't have the sweetness. I don't know all about this. It's a restaurant in L.A. called Cocoa Chicken, uh, and apparently, you know, this is is all the rage. They've got the chocolate fried chicken, they've got white chocolate mashed potatoes, and chocolate ketchup to go with it all. Oh, that sounds, especially the mashed potatoes, I'd go for that. I would try it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. And then our last, uh, you know, potatoes and chocolate just don't seem fun. I don't really like chocolate-covered potato chips, so I'm not so sure about this uh, white chocolate mashed potatoes. But the other last thing that we have for those who are tuning in for a meet-the-press sort of uh, question-and-answer session is this one. And it's fascinating that NASA, David, has sorted uh, – they have this list of people who want to go on a mission to Mars. It's a one-way trip. They're not bringing you back. And they're now whittling it down to, I guess, the the final list of people who, it makes me think of like the spelling bee. I don't know how they're going to pick these people. But what do we think about a one-way trip to Mars? It just, I mean, the one-way part is what gets me. Yeah, I agree. I I actually was following somebody on Twitter that was, I don't know if it was a real campaign or if it was like just for publicity's sake. And I thought it was very clever either way, but talking about the actual, you know, like here's my, here's my video I'm making, you know, to submit myself as a possible candidate. You know, it's like, I love long walks on the beach and, you know, (laughs) I, it freaks me out to be honest with you. Cause what, you know, what if you get up there and they're supposed to be in this colony and then, these people will basically start the new population on Mars. And I, you know, what if you freak out? I don't know, get, you know, cabin fever or, you know, whatever. And I, I think I would miss greenery, first of all, instead of, you know, all the red dust. Yeah, yeah. I think it would freak me out. Hunts are fine, but, but a visit to Mars, I'm not sure if that's for me. I didn't think about the whole populating the planet of Mars. That's even more pressure, I think. I was just thinking about going there. I mean, I'm assuming if it's a one-way thing, they want to see people can, you know, live. What else else is there to do, I guess? I mean, that's part of it, too. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, And speaking of Mars, I'm not exactly sure if you'd be able to see Mars from your front porch this time of year from Alaska, but you Uh, are from Alaska originally. So in finding that out and and looking on Twitter and Googling, a lot of people have uh, misconceptions of Alaska. So what do you think are the most common misconceptions that people have? Well, I was a a food server for a while at a restaurant up there. And uh, the best things I can tell you is that uh, once I was asked to bring someone change using American money, they specifically requested American money. And I, <laughs> I would just want to be like, we're part of the United States also. So there's that. <laughs> I was not, I was not uh, born and raised in an igloo. I'm, I'm assuming they're up there in certain regions, but I've never personally seen one. Uh, nor have I ever rubbed shoulders with a polar bear. And I know that's another big thing. People are like, oh, they must be all over the place. And 
Um, I mean, there's extreme cold in the winter, but during the summer, we get, you know, 75 degrees, 80 degrees. You're out on a jet ski. It's, you know, almost 24-hour daylight. It's beautiful. It's actually paradise in the summer. There's no humidity. And I think a lot of people are surprised to hear that. And uh, those are the big ones, I would say. I get asked a lot about the, um, you know, the daylight and the darkness in the winter, obviously. And, and uh, you know, but, you know, we're also on the same parallel as I think... Helsinki. So, I mean, there are other places in the world where you can go to find that, but it is pretty exotic when, when I start talking about it, I kind of forget because, you know, you grow, grow up around something, you sort of take it for granted until you leave, and it's it's pretty great up there. I think that's true. I It baffles me living in, in a large city sometimes that there are kids who haven't seen cows in person. Yeah, absolutely. No. I'm like, Really? <laughs> Uh, I have never, though, been asked in Philadelphia if I, I take American money. That's that's uh-huh. something that's slightly new to me. So in Alaska, all of this, you know, not seeing the, the igloos and the polar bears and things like that. When did you develop the interest in acting? Was that something that you've had from an early age, or did it sort of pop up unexpectedly? That's something I think I've always known since I was a little kid. Uh, I was fortunate to grow up in a town that was just big enough to provide opportunities, but just small enough not to be swallowed up inside. And so there were enough performance opportunities without having a whole lot of pressure. You know, there's great theater up there and there's, um, I took dance classes a lot as a kid and, and sort of was sort of making that my bread and butter through high school. It's like, Oh, I think, you know, maybe I'll be a dancer. And so there's definitely a shift of, Instead of going the musical theater route, you know, uh, I, I love to act. I, you know, I will always, um, you know, pursue a job in the arts. But, but I, I wanted to get my hands on all aspects of that. So it wasn't just dance, and it wasn't just music, and it wasn't just acting. But uh, the acting bug was there from a very, very young age, maybe six or seven. And, uh, yeah, no regrets there. I, I absolutely love it. So from that, and knowing that you have this interest in acting, and you know uh, there are a lot of people, we see it on reality shows where everybody either wants to be a pop star, they want to be a professional uh, athlete, or, or what, have, what have you. I mean, not everybody has the ability that it, it works out for them. How did your getting to One Life to Live become a reality? What was the process? And I guess even before that, what did you know about soaps before One Life to Live? I mean, growing up, um, for some reason, you know, I'd scroll through channels and I, I do distinctly remember Passions because I felt like that had a unique spin. <laughs> I, I thought the witches and the whole, the whole nine yards was, was um, I distinctly remember that. I didn't know a lot about soap lore from other shows or anything. I knew what the soaps were. Um, you know, after college, I moved to New York uh, and had a pretty rough first year. I mean, I... I Small gigs here and there, but nothing really to to make a living on. And I was, uh, you know, doing a survival job and going to auditions when I got an audition for this part of my own life. And, um, you know, I think they were going to have me around a couple weeks. And we did that, and it went as good as it could go. And I thought, okay, that's the end of that. Let's try to find another job. And then a couple months later, got a phone call saying, you know, they want to offer you a contract. So... You know, I think any actor will be able to tell you that that when things like that happen, it's a blessing, and and you're never sure when it's going to happen or what for what project it's going to be. But I happen to be lucky enough to 
you know, get that job. And it's, it's interesting how at the time, you know, there was no guarantee of how long I would even be on then, you know, uh, as we've seen, storylines can change and, and things can oscillate very quickly on a show like that. And, and I'm, I'm thrilled that I got the time that I did get out of it and that we were able to take it, take it to the end of the ABC run. Your character, though, unfortunately, didn't quite make it to the last episode. Got really, really close. He got so close. He got very close. <laughs> so what goes through your mind? I mean, there, it's, it's one of those situations, uh, I was thinking about it before we came on air, of it would have been one thing if the show was going on for another 30 years to have your character killed. That's obviously saddened in of itself. But here was a situation right. where the show, too, was ending. Was there any yeah. sort of desire on your part saying, gee, I, I really wish I had made it through to the last episode? Or were you okay with that aspect. I think I'll be honest with you. I think I was okay with it because um, I was lucky that they wrote a storyline for me that they were still pursuing in the last couple weeks of of airtime. When you look at somebody like uh, Erica Slezak, who has been on the show, you know, for many many years, someone of her caliber and her character obviously deserves a wonderful send off. So, so if I am still being written for and there's a storyline still. For me, um, alongside someone of her caliber, and she's getting a lot of airtime as well. I consider myself lucky that, that that was being continued through. I think they killed me off the first episode of the last week, and I, I remember feeling, you know what, that's <laughs> that's not bad for someone that kind of just came in, in, in <laughs> you know, in comparison to everybody else. Um, and it, you know, everything just seemed to time out well, and I'm glad that they chose to. You know, with having a, a son on the show and and being opposite Bree uh, and having that relationship develop, they they didn't just say, "Well, this kid, you know, he's pretty new still, so we don't have to invest in his story." I'm I was glad that the fans wanted to see a good tie up to that story, and I was glad that uh, you know the writers and and directors wanted to see something through. I I felt like I got pretty lucky. With one life to live, all the fans know that the show was set in. Landview, Pennsylvania. You are now sort of, kind of, in Pennsylvania yet again, but on stage for Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike. I'm trying to say it, as my neighbor said, with a a great Russian accent, but (laughs) it's based on life in Bucks County, which is just outside of of Philadelphia here. What can you tell us about this multi-named play that was a 2013 Tony Award winner for folks out there who were not aware Yes, this is um, so. This was voted the the best play of last year on Broadway, and um, many many theater companies around the country are doing it now because it's just six actors. It's a very modern comedy, despite its name, uh, and it's fun to watch because it's funny. Everybody wants to sort of get away from the trials and tribulations of life and go see something funny. So it's set present day. Um, I was my, my parents were able to come and see it from Alaska, and they. We're talking about how wonderful it is that, that there's finally a play that's written that's sort of like a love letter to the baby boomers in the sense that the generation that uh, that sort of grew up with all these old television shows and had watched the uh, the progression of how entertainment has changed over the course of these you know last couple of decades, uh, this play sort of harkens back to that and also harkens forward. And that's kind of where Spike, my character, comes in in the sense that even in the title, we know that something's a myth. We have Vanya, Sonia, Masha, 
and Spike. And Spike clearly doesn't fit. He's uh, <laughs> he's the uh, call his typecasting if you want. He's the uh, younger boyfriend of the movie star sister Masha. Um, she's visiting her brother and sister Vanya and Sonia, who live in Bucks County in their parents' old house. Uh, she comes to visit one day, and she brings her boy toy from L.A., and they uh, sort of shake things up a little bit, but then it's also kind of a sweet family, uh, you know, weekend that happens, and there's a lot of humor in the play. There's a lot of real, uh, you know, real serious drama in there, but, it, yeah, it's a wonderful play, and you can obviously see, for those that know, uh, why it, it was voted the best play of 2013 last year. No, I'm wondering, I, I look at what people are saying on Twitter and on Facebook, and one of the questions that people have is, you know, there may be this sort of inclination to think that acting is acting is acting, but I'm wondering for you, is there a difference between acting when you're on a stage to acting, obviously, to a camera on a television program? Sure. Um, well, for me, because I was raised in sort of a stage environment, and that's what I trained for in school. I'm naturally a much more animated person, so I, I noticed, especially once I started doing One Life, just toning things down a little bit more. I think um, any actor will tell you that what you ultimately want to do is play the truth of a situation. So it doesn't matter how big or small it is, you just need to be truthful about what you're doing so that people can see the human nature and relate to that. And that's paramount. That's number one. So whether or not that's really large or very, very small, that's the most important thing. And um, the wonderful thing about this play is that it is a comedy, and so it is, at, at moments, a bit over the top. And so <laughs> the beauty of it is we can go as far with it as we want and um, and still keep the audience, you know, in, in the right position to enjoy it. Um, maybe not as far as you would go on, say, One Life to Live, but although they had me doing some weird <laughs> things, like dress up as a hot dog and, and things like that, so... It just depends on the scenario, I guess. But I would say, number one, it's just, what is the truth of the I would definitely think that. I, I want to also make sure that we tell people where they can check this out. Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike is playing through Sunday, June 22nd at the Hartford Stage in Hartford, Connecticut. And there are a couple of events that I thought maybe listeners would be interested in knowing more about if tickets are available not sure you'll have to check at hartfordstage.org correct on june 1st there's a lecture series from artists and scholars connected with the production immediately following the 2 p.m matinee and then thursday on june 5th there's an lgbt night out it's a pre-show reception for lesbian gay bisexual and transgender patrons it is before the event the reception is free with a ticket purchase for that night's event. So you may want to go and check out these links to see if the if tickets are still available. But if you Absolutely. can't make either of those, still through June 22nd. So they've, they've got, what, 23 days to hurry up and get to Connecticut and check this That's out. That's exactly right. And with that, pitch, <laughs> you know, hey, I, I try to make it easy. Uh, and particularly since the Emmys are on June 22nd, if you don't have a ticket to go to the Emmys, and as of right now, they're not going to be on television, why not just go and enjoy a nice night at the theater, go to Hartford, Connecticut, and, and, and check out a nice, nice Tony-winning play? That sounds like that's a good sense pitch. Right. With that, I want to go back and rewind quickly before we let you go. I, I mentioned that, you know, you never know what you're going to find when you Google 
and, and look for things on the internet. I saw okay. a factoid about you that I want to see if this is correct or not. Okay. You are part of a movie. It's called Chasing Yesterday. The, the name of it was changed, but it, uh, there's a report on the internet that you lost 15 pounds for your role in this film. Is that true or is that internet fiction? That is true. I, um, Get out. <laughs> well, it, I mean, in comparison to other actors losing weight for roles, I, I don't know if it says big of a difference. Um, I, I just noticed that, you know, for a little while last year, I was hitting the gym a lot, and I was a little bit more of a football player physique, and, and I got cast as this runner, and not just a runner, but a long-distance runner. And uh, I, I talked to one of our coaches about it and, and just noticed that he had a leaner physique and that he was, I mean, he was a machine. He would just inhale this food and go on these 20-mile runs. <laughs> and I, I'm not much of a runner, but I was like, I want to make it look like for this film, obviously, that, that I do know how to run. And um, because my character is supposed to be one of those guys that just is like nothing can top him. He's, he's a machine. So I, I tried to combine things at the gym with also some running and ended up getting pretty pretty slim, uh, relatively, and, and it was a it was a fun challenge. I guess that's kind of a thing in Hollywood now to to really see if you know, not just play a character, but to to adopt certain characteristics. You know, if he's a runner, I'm gonna get out and start running and, and that's important for the realism of the film. And um it has been screened in New York apparently. I've missed <laughs> because of rehearsal I've missed both screenings but but people are very uh supportive and pretty happy about how it turned out so pretty soon i would imagine we'd be able to have it released and people can can check it out we will have more information on that on our various twitter feeds and facebook presence i'm just i mean there are people right now they're they're hearing that you lost 15 pounds and people don't know where you could have possibly lost 15 pounds (laughs) from uh, I mean, certainly there was no chicken, uh, chocolate fried chicken for you during. No chocolate fried time. chicken. No and, chocolate. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking. The people are, they, they still don't uh, believe it. But I mean, David is saying it, guys. So there is no reason to doubt. We, we are a show. <laughs> this is, this is the soap version of Meet the Press. We would not oh. miss you <laughs> here on air. So uh, as we. Tick down to the final minute or two, David. I want to give you an opportunity for the folks who are listening, who uh, you know have supported you from One Life to Live and are supporting you in your current projects. If you'd like to speak directly to them, to uh, you know, let them know what their support means to you. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I I, I, I tell people this a lot. Is the the idea that I was supposed to only be on the show for two weeks, and this is coming from being an out of work actor that was had a very terrible survival job in New York. <laughs> And uh, coming coming in and getting that job and then having fans react the way they did, enough that, that they put me on contract and gave me a, a, a wonderful job that literally changed my life. I, I am so thankful for that. And that's why, you know, somebody stops me on the street or, you know, people have come to see this play and have said, you know, I've been watching the show and, you know, you're missed on, on One Life and we miss the show in general and... Uh, it just it means so much to me because it, yeah, as an actor you just you just hope to be able to keep working and you hope to have you know a steady job and so right now being that I've gone back to the stage and I've had people come and see the show here and people talking about seeing it it means the world because it means that 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 support is still there because uh, you know I've been off the show almost as long as I was on it and people are still very. Um, grateful. I had somebody come up to me on the train once and they're not from this country and they said I, 
your show airs overseas and you helped me to learn how to speak English. It's amazing. And that is very touching. I, I, I wouldn't trade that for anything, especially, you know, when someone has the courage to say something. I know for myself, I get a little starstruck when I see someone, you know, in New York that I have seen on television. I, I can't say anything. So I know what courage it does take to, to make that connection, and I always appreciate it. And soap fans, if nothing else, they are definitely outspoken, and uh, I know oh, yeah. that they will continue to support you. I want to, again, remind everybody out there that you can catch David A. Gregory in Vanya and Sonia and Masha and Spike now through Sunday, June 22nd at the Hartford Stage in Hartford, Connecticut. We've got all the information you need on how to get your tickets on our Twitter feed at Soap Central and also on our official website at SoapCentralLive.com. David, thank you so much for taking some time out to chat with me. Absolutely, Dan. Thank you. Everybody, we are going to be back with more of our wonderful soap chat. So stay tuned because Soap Central Live will be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, Soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, Soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with Soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, Check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I am your host, Dan Kroll. We are... In the second part of our show, this is show number 232, we're going to be joined by Kiko Ellsworth in just a little bit. He's had a scheduling change slash snafu, which means that he will be with us at any moment. We're not entirely sure when. So in the meantime, that means I have to sort of do a little dance here to try to figure out what we're going to do and what we're going to talk about until he does call in. Hopefully it will be soon so that I don't have to ramble and, and entertain you with whatever it is I'm about to do for <laughs> far too long. There is some news from the world of soaps that has uh, sort of taken place since last we were 
on the air. And one of the biggest ones is we've lost one of our favorite daytime villains or most hated daytime villains, depending upon how you look at it. Emmy nominated All My Children villain Matthew Cowles, who played Billy Clyde Tuggle. He's passed away. He passed away on May 22nd, 2014, with his family by his side. And uh, his manager, who I'm hoping I pronounce her name correctly, it's Susu Stanton, announced on Twitter that Matthew passed away. She said, I had the pleasure of being his manager. He was a very gifted and kind man who loved life and everyone. And in doing some research about Matthew, uh, I'd found out that he met his wife, actress Christine Baranski, in a very unusual way. And this is what is posted on SoapCentral.com where you can get more of Matthew's obituary. It said that Matthew is an enthusiastic motorcyclist. He met his wife when he offered her a ride home one night on the back of his bike after a party. They were married in 1983. Uh, Matthew, in addition to being survived by his wife, Christine, has two daughters, Isabel and Lily. And Linda Hirsch, who, you know, is a syndicated columnist and also does some writing for SoapCentral.com, she wrote in uh, one of her columns recently that Matthew was very concerned about the level of violence that was on television and pretty much banned television from his home so that his kids wouldn't be exposed to all of the craziness that we do see on screen. So that's a very interesting story. And again, you have all of the information there. Some of the other news that we're still sort of processing over the past couple of weeks is David Tom out at The Young and the Restless. And The Young and the Restless is recasting the role of Billy. Uh, it's been a surprise to a lot of people. There have been some reactions, both strong uh, as a positive move and a negative move. And he will be replaced by Burgess Jenkins, who is a daytime newcomer. On Twitter, he wrote, So excited to be joining the YNR family. Thanks so much for the outpouring of warm welcome from all the fans. David Tom, of course, originally played the role of Billy from 1999 to 2002. And then he popped back into the show just a couple of months ago. I want to say in February. So he hasn't been there that long. It's a pretty big surprise. And The Young and the Restless is already sort of dealing with the departures of other fan-favorite performers. We had Elizabeth Hendrickson make her final appearance earlier in the week as Chloe. She's no longer going to be on the show. We have Michelle Stafford, who, of course, has jumped over to General Hospital. But fans won't be without Phyllis for too long because Emmy winner Gina Tonioni will be joining the show later this year. We don't know exactly when, but... Uh, Gina took to Facebook since our last episode where we talked about this with Jamie Giddens of Daytime Confidential and posted on Facebook, I am beyond blessed to play this incredible role of Phyllis Newman at The Young and the Restless. I'm thrilled to be back on CBS. Thank you for your support. I feel it in my heart. So excited to be working with this amazing cast and crew. I'm grateful to my beautiful husband, my family, friends, and the best fans in the world. And for her part, Michelle Stafford also took to social media and she told fans, I want you to give love to Gina Tonioni, who will now be playing the role of Phyllis on YNR. She will be awesome. So I think that's a very classy move on both women's parts. 
to talk about a role that really is going to be integral to the young and the restless. I can't wait to see how Gina does. I'm sure she'll be wonderful and fabulous. I can't wait to have her on the show as well. She's been here a couple of times, uh, particularly when she was doing the uh, rock tributes and, and fundraisers for the American Red Cross with Bradley Cole. So, that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully we can get her back and talk about the young, the restless and all the things that she's up to. I know that she's also has a line of shoes. So as I mentioned, for those of you who are tuning in, hoping to hear Kiko Ellsworth, we are just about to bring him on. He is called in. Let me give him a proper introduction because my next guest is best known to daytime audiences, Jamal Woods. He was a street smart guy who took a detour down the wrong path before getting everything in order. In the real world, though, Kiko Ellsworth is trying to help make a difference, lending his time and expertise to women and children affected by domestic violence. Kiko, welcome to Soap Central Live. What is up? What's happening, everybody? How you doing? Uh, we are doing good. We're glad to have you here. Uh, I guess we're going to sort of jump right into it because I'm not entirely sure uh, how long we have you. Hopefully, we'll have you to the end of the show. But I want to uh, give fans sort of a an update. I was looking. It is April 13th, 2000. It is the date of your first appearance on Port Charles. So we're talking 14 years ago, Kiko. That's a long time. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to tell you to hold on one second. That's why I was trying to come in earlier. Hold on. Let me just hold on one second, Dan. Sure. I will be here. I'll be dancing and singing to the audience. We'll (laughs) come up with something. Hold on one second, buddy. Sure. While we're waiting, I will tell you that coming up on June... 20th on Soap Central Live, we will be having our annual Daytime Emmys Predictions special. Hopefully, you will be able to tune in and listen to find out who is going to pick the most Daytime Emmy winners correctly. I won last year, not that I'm rubbing it in, but we'll have another gang of experts who are offering their expertise, and hopefully uh, hopefully someone will give me a run for my money. I don't want to win two years in a row. That wouldn't be fair, especially since it's my own show. Uh, as I mentioned, we are with Kiko Ellsworth. He is getting himself into a spot where he can call in and chat with us. We're sort of vamping and filling time until uh, until he's able to get back here with us. We have a lot to talk about. We can talk about Port Charles. We can talk about his film. We can talk about a really interesting docu-feature that he is working on called Survive to Thrive. And I think that Hopefully, this will be something that all of you out there are interested in learning more about because it really does look at, according to the description, it's a raw, uncensored look into spiritual reality of violence. And there's a, a trailer which I've posted a link to on our Twitter feed. If it's it not there yet, it'll be there in a, in a couple of bits where it mentions that there's a, a theory, a concept, a, a belief that a butterfly flapping its wings here can eventually that force can turn into a hurricane on the other side of the world. It's called the butterfly effect. Uh, it may be, if I'm not mistaken, that was also a movie with Ashton Kutcher uh, a bunch of years back. I think it was a different take on that. It, it wasn't actually a, a literal butterfly, but it, it's a very interesting thought. And we're going to be talking uh, about it when Kiko rejoins us. Uh, one of the things that I always say is that, you know, for all the ease that we can take to the internet to post our thoughts and our comments. It's just as easy to post things about things that we love as it is to post about things that we don't like. So I've always, for the most part, uh, I, I try to follow that advice and post about all the things that I love. Typically, it ends up being music and food. 
But there's nothing wrong with liking other things. You can talk about your television programs and movies and, and whatnot and share that with everyone. But it's sometimes I think it might actually be harder for people to take that initiative. There's, there's such a there's really such a this emphasis on being snarky. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with reality programs and how the people who have the worst behavior seem to be the ones that are glorified, that get the, the, the reality series and, and act a fool. So maybe there's a, a, a willingness or a wantingness of, for people to continue in that sort of vein and that process to sort of think that that's the only way that you can be heard. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. Who's to say? Uh, but I would prefer to use my stuff for our, our positive. And as I said, we are waiting for Kiko Ellsworth to rejoin us. What we're going to do is we're going to go to a commercial and see what happens when we come back. If he's here, we will chat with him. If not, I'm going to perhaps read a passage from Susan Lucci's memoir. I'm not entirely sure, but stay tuned because Soap Central Live, one way or another, we'll be right back after this break. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans. Are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey everybody, we are back with Soap Central Live. We are back to live radio at its finest. We are still awaiting a phone call back from Kiko Ellsworth, who unfortunately at the last possible moment had a scheduling change or snafu. So we're hoping that he can get back with us before the end of the show. But in the meantime, 
the show must go on. I've got about another 12 minutes of show to fill. So if you are listening out there and do not enjoy hearing me struggle, please feel free to call in to 866-472-5788. Again, the number is 866-472-5788. We can talk about, well, anything that you would like to talk about. We can talk about the soaps. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about food. We can talk about what you did over the Memorial Day weekend. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. We will help fill the air. In the meantime, even if Kiko doesn't get here, I want to be able to pass along some of the information that he was going to be on the show to talk about so that at least for those of you who are tuning in, we'll be able to get some of the information and then you can head off on your wild internet search to get more information about it. And the main project, of course, we would talk about Port Charles and some of the other things that Kiko's been uh, a part of, but he is in a film called Scream at the Devil. It is. Uh, it sounds to me to be very, uh, very scary. It has Sherry Shattuck, who was on The Young and the Restless. She is also in the movie Scream at the Devil. Uh, it, it's listed as a thriller slash mystery. So I don't know how scary or spooky it is, but just judging by the name Scream at the Devil, well, it sounds like it could be quite scary. I should have tied that in with uh, David A. Gregory's appearance and mentioning how his character, well, didn't end up on the, the, the elevator going up, shall we say. Could have tied that into talking about Scream of the Devil. I don't know that necessarily his character would have. But there's also a project that Kiko's working on. It's a docu-feature called Survive to Thrive. And as I mentioned in the description, it's said to be a raw, uncensored look into the spiritual reality of violence. And Kiko has been doing a lot of work to try to help women and children who are affected by domestic violence. Uh, in doing some research for today's show, I found that it's actually it's quite a staggering number, but one in four women will be the victim of domestic violence in their lifetime. One in four. So, I, I mean, that's, that's really an astronomical number when you think about it. You're talking 25%. And through... Kiko's work on some of these nonprofit organizations. One of them is called Safe Passage. It's an organization that helps survivors of domestic violence find their way to stable jobs, new housing, and more importantly, I think, to finding hope. There are, I mean, you don't want to sort of make something simplified when you talk about it, but one of the best-known movies that I can think of, at least off the top of my head, is What's Love Got to Do With It? It's a story of Tina Turner, who, of course, uh, went through a, an abusive relationship with her husband. And when you talk about that, you know, there are a lot of people who just aren't entirely sure that they can get out of the situation. And, and that was a situation with Tina Turner who had great assets and, and had the ability to, in theory, to get out any time. But I, I'm hoping that Kiko can join us and, and get back here so that we can talk about this because he's also doing a lot of work with school programs, trying to uh, trying to make sure that kids have an outlet that they can find a way to keep the positive, and especially now at a time when so many schools are cutting their after-school programs. And uh, I don't know that Kiko will be able to join us. We may have to reschedule him. But in the meantime, I guess we're going to go to the phone lines and talk to some of you to see what you have to say. We have a call from Emily, who wants to talk about General Hospital. Emily, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi. Hi, how are you today? I'm very good. 
So I'm, uh, going a little nuts trying to figure out who Luke is. <laughs> well, you had mentioned on the Twitter, for folks of you who aren't following at Soap Central, you definitely should because all sorts of things pop off on Twitter. But you mentioned that you thought that you might have to go to SoapCentral.com to check out some family trees to find out who fake Luke <laughs> or fluke, whatever they're calling, is. And, spoiler alert, cover your ears if you don't want to hear this. All right, but at the end of the show, we still don't know who the heck he is. I know, I saw it as soon as I got home from work. And uh, I can't believe that all of the build up and then we still don't know. And I have no idea because uh, there were so many years when I didn't watch General Hospital. I mean, I kept abreast to the commercials and magazines, but I don't know every little detail. Not like I would if it was all my children. So I'm like thinking, oh, it's going to be someone and I'm not going to know who it is. And it's going to oh. drive me nuts. It kind of is. Emily, I'm, I'm sorry to have to cut you short. We do have Kiko back again. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you on in the future to talk more about General Hospital and both of us try to figure it out. But I want to try to give these last couple of minutes back to Kiko, if that's all right with you. That's fine. Perfect. Thank you, Emily. Okay, bye. All right. So we're going to try to do this in a short amount of time. Kiko, are you back with us? You're here. You're ready to go. Yes and no, and I apologize. Today has been like a flip-flop, flim-flam, crazy, inside-out kind of day. Um, I, I have, I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go like in probably five minutes, but I wanted to catch you guys before uh, before 4 o'clock, so uh, I deeply apologize to everybody for, for, for that. That's fine, because we only have seven minutes of show left, so five minutes is absolutely fine. Let's let's sort of skip over some of the the... the stuff that I would have, have added in to sort of pad the time. I want to really talk about Survive to Thrive, which is, okay. as I was mentioning, it's a docu-feature. What can you tell us? The description I've been telling people is from the website, and it's a raw, uncensored yeah. look into the spiritual reality of violence. What does that mean? Can you explain a little bit more about what Survive to Thrive is? Yeah, absolutely. Um, really, it's, you know, we, we're, we're humans, and we're in a constant state of evolution, and, you know, we're, we're so much more capable than... And what we're uh, than what we're doing collectively as humans right now, and you know, there's we've, we've seen you know wonderful stories of just extraordinary and superhuman abilities and all these things like that, and uh, you know, so you know the the, the docu features about that we're in the in the middle of evolution, and um, there's just so much more that we are capable of, and the main thing, one of the main things that hinders us from evolving as humans is the amount of violence in our lives at, at various levels. So the documentary has uh, interviews uh, experts and celebrities uh, about uh, violence and how it actually affects uh, everyone at a, at a at a deep spiritual level, not just uh, on the surface, and and also remedies on how we can actually take active steps on how to uh, how to actually uh, rise rise out of the violence. You know, so it could be violence from you know as as little as killing a fly to to uh, domestic violence to to you know, full-scale war and how that all is is is, is a vibration that's that's really like outdated. It's like a software that hasn't been updated in a long time. Like that's not natural for us as humans. And so we really take a really in-depth look at that and really, hopefully, what we'll do is we'll you know really shift some paradigms around you know uh, peace and violence and and, and uh, just create a lot of possibilities for people to for us to transform our lives. 
Unfortunately, a lot of times when we hear of stories of violence on the news, there's always this tendency that people want to say that uh, certain individuals have a propensity for violence, that, you know, they they must have had horrible parents or, uh, you know, this is just their, this is the way that they were wired. What do you say to, you know, the people who want to make it that simple? It's not, because humans are not that simple. There's no, there's no... <clears throat> two fingerprints that are alike. There's no two humans that are alike and there's no two lives that are alike. There's no two effects that are alike. So, you know, each individual, each situation is completely handled differently. So, you know, no matter if people grow up in the same environment, we all have, you know, different DNA and different energy and different purposes while we're here on earth. So I don't think there's, you can, you, you can't just uh, uh, generalize uh, a person or a way to fix something or a race or a certain class of people you just can't do it. You know, we have to take the time to put the energy into uh, everything that we want to uh, improve or transform, and, and everything is different. So, you know, we do that great as humans. We're, we're completely flexible, and, and we're, we're co- in a constant state of change and evolution. So, uh, you know, for, you know, I think that that's really more of a, um, uh, something that's challenging for us you know, is to be able to not have an answer. You know, the brain can't have an answer for it because there is no answer for it. It's just like you got to constantly figure things out. You know, there is no security in this world. There is no uh, stable ground, stable footing, except in being stable and that there's nothing stable and that things are going to constantly change. If you can be okay with that, then that's where your stability is. While we were waiting for you to rejoin us, I was giving a, something, a, a fact to listeners that I just still can't really comprehend, but one in four women will be a victim of domestic violence in their lifetime. And I mean, that's such a staggering, staggering number. And I wanted to talk about some of your work with Safe Passage and the It's Not Okay campaign to talk about your commitment to trying to help women and children who've been the victims of domestic violence. Right, right. Um, I might have to go in a couple of minutes, so if I, I leave, then just please excuse me. But, that's yeah, right. you know, with regards, with regards to that, it's, it's, you know, domestic violence, it's, a male, it's, not a, it's not a female thing or a male thing. It's a relationship thing. It's, it's how we relate together and how we relate to ourselves, you know, and, and, and learning how to work together as a unit. Because if you picture the yin-yang symbol, the man is the, the, the yang and the, the woman's the, the, the yin, you know, the black side and the white side. So to get that ball to roll to, to rolling good and not lopsided, it has to be balanced. You know, and that's like a relationship. Relationships have to be balanced. So, you know, it's, 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 it's more about men knowing and seeing the value within themselves and also how women are uh, directly related to who they are. And, and, and then both of the two knowing how to be in a healthy relationship together before you even start getting into like a uh, uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife relationship. It's just about being in a healthy masculine feminine relationship and what that actually looks like what the model of that looks like I'm, I'm looking at the clock and I know that you have to go and I, I don't think that there's enough time left in the show to talk about this fully so what I want to do is invite you when you're able to come back and we can talk about all of this in more detail and, and help people know more about Safe Passage and the It's Not Okay campaign so that we can give it really the time that it deserves yeah, I think you're actually right because this is it's a pretty it's a pretty serious subject. Although it doesn't have to be really heavy, uh, but but yeah, it's, it's something that I think that if we all really start to look at it and just you know look at it within ourselves, uh, even if it's not happening within ourselves, that that we can really start to make some shifts to to move into some just some higher vibrations on this planet.
So that's what we'll do. We'll have you back when you're able to rejoin us, and we'll talk more about it, and hopefully we'll be able to have some folks call in and, and chat and, and make it a, a much more meaningful discussion. That'll be perfect, man. And again, thank you so much for uh, working with me today and, and being a flexible human. <laughs> I appreciate I, that, Dan. And thank it's you. live radio. Thank it's what patient. I try to do. So, Kiko, thank you so much. We will certainly have you back here. I also want to thank David A. Gregory for dropping by. For those of you who want more information about how you can see David on stage, if you want to learn more about what Kiko's up to, off camera, please follow us on Twitter at Soap Central. Check out our official website at SoapCentralLive.com. That's also the place that you can go to check out any and all episodes that we have done and broadcast here on Soap Central Live. Also want to give a special thanks to Emily for calling in to help me fill some time when we were sort of in between in that uh, weird vibration stage, I guess we'll say. Of course, every episode of Soap Central Live is available for free on-demand listening from any computer, smartphone, tablet, or other web-enabled device. If you've already listened to all of those shows, we will be back next Friday, June 6th at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Until then, I'm Dan Crow, reminding you that it takes just as much time to post something positive on social media as it does to post something negative. So think before you tweet. Have a great weekend. We'll be back here next time for the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.